this morning. We've got to do something out of the ordinary. You might need you a songbook today. Monitors are not working up there today. So uh, if you would, uh, we're going to sing, Oh, How I Love Jesus. I tried to pick out something everybody kind of knows. Oh, How I Love Jesus in the blue songbook this morning. That's hymn number 183.
this morning. Ain't it good to be in God's house today? Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Be in prayer for, the, uh, for Pastor Greg and Papa Jimmy, if you would. Pastor Greg uh, called me this morning and said he's going to take his daddy down to Baptist, try to give him a little bit better help there. So y'all pray for them as they're down at Baptist Hospital today. That the doctors will look over him and see exactly what he needs to be able to take care of him and pray for pastors as he's looking after his daddy. I mend him and I applaud him for that. So uh, y'all be in prayer for them today and be in prayer for the services today. Amen. Because you got somebody up here, you can make a mess if you wanted to, but I'm going to uh, just pray that God will use me today. And uh, I kind of had a, I don't know, sometimes you wake up with just a little weird feeling. And when the when my phone went off, I said, okay. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Sometimes you just wake up. Sometimes you wake up with a song on your heart, something on your mind. And sometimes you wake up and you're like, you better be ready. But uh, definitely need to be ready in this day and time because when, when your number's called, if you ain't ready, then you're going to make a mess. But uh, y'all pray for services today. I want God's name to be honored and glorified. Well, and I pray that he'll speak to hearts today, not because I'm the one preaching. I just want him to use me as a vessel today. I think we have, I think I got what God wants us to, use, to uh, hear this morning. And uh, it's no surprise to him that pastor was going to call me. He already knew this long before I was ever created. But uh, y'all, y'all be in prayer for services today. I know it's many other prayer requests mentioned this morning, probably through Sunday school. I know uh, it's a lot of heavy hearts, people carrying some burdens around. But uh, I'm thankful when you can come through the doors at Stanley Town's Amazing Grace. So you can lay that stuff at the back door and come in here and worship God for a little while. And if you need to come up here and lay it on this altar and give it over to God, you can do that at any time during the service today as well. I just pray that God will speak to all of us here today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, as we bow before you this morning, I pray, God, you'd meet with us in a miraculous way here today. And Father, I pray, Father, as our pastor and his daddy's down at Baptist Hospital, Lord, you'd be with the doctors as they look over his body. Father, see his ailments, Lord. I pray, God, that the great physician would touch him today. God, give the doctors the wisdom they need as they're overlooking him. And Father, be with Pastor Greg. I know as he's got burdens on his mind and on his heart watching after his dad. God, I pray, Lord, you'd give him the strength that he needs for the hour. I would just want to say we love you this morning, Lord, and just thank you for being so good to us. God, none of us in here are worthy or deserving of anything that you've ever blessed us with. But, Father, you're so good and so thick in love and mercy and grace that you can't help but be good to your children. God, we love you this morning. Father, it sure is good to be in your house today. God, meet with us now. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Y'all pray for Miss Lisa. She sings past one of Pastor's favorite songs this morning. Did I mention
Amen. Wasn't that good this morning? Come on down, Brother Matthew. Ask Matthew, could he sing his song for us this morning? No, God's been so good to us. I'm reminded every day that we are a royal descendant of the king from Jerusalem. That ought to excite us this morning of nothing else. We can belong to a lot of things, but we are a family. We belong to the family of God. We are a child of God. And if nothing else excites you this morning, I don't care if your ball team lost yesterday or if they won, you ought to be excited to the fact that you know you got a place reserved up in heaven because you are a royal descendant of a king of Jerusalem. Y'all pray this morning as we sing this song.
choir do a good job this morning. Amen to that. Well, I sure enjoyed it myself. If y'all didn't, I was having a good time. We ought to come to church to have a good time. And we went down to the football game Friday night over here at Bastion. I don't even have a dog in the fight, but I was out there cheering them on. I just got caught up in the moment. Just got excited. It was a complete blowout. And, uh, but not on Bassett's side. Bassett was doing the blowing out, which was very rare. But uh, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Had a good time. We, didn't, we always got blowed out when I was in school. It's kind of changed a little bit now when the schools combined. But, well, I tell you, we, get, we took our share of uh, whoopings every once in a while in the Bassett uniform. Still had a good time, though. But still, I guess I'm still licking my wounds from back in the days. But anyway, good memories, good memories. I don't just kind of going down a rabbit trail. I'm already there, so I'm going to finish the trail out. There was a lot of trips we took. The one trip I always dreaded was going to Tunstall. Especially if you was on the baseball team. You didn't come back very happy. <laughs> I think uh, we went down there one time to play ball. I think it, was, it might have even been my senior year, but we got down there. We ain't no sooner got off a bus. It felt like we was getting right back on. They beat us like 22 to 3. <laughs> I don't even think all the oil had calmed down out of the bus engine yet. He just left it running. He just left it running so he could have it ready for us to roll on out of here. It's kind of how I felt for Dan River Friday night. I was like, man, they just need to get to Gatorade jugs and get on the bus and go back home because they was getting wore out. I felt bad for them kids. But Bassett sure was enjoying it. Bassett sure was enjoying it. I'm looking forward to um, uh, November the 4th when we get to feed the football team over here at Bassett High School. Y'all still be in prayer for that. It's going to be a great opportunity for us to get involved. And as I was sitting over there looking around, I hadn't shared this with the pastor yet, but the, the fences has got all these advertisements, and I'm seeing this church and that church and this church and that church. And this. I looked at Susan. She looked at me. She says, about time for SAGBC to get a name over there. I said, I believe so. We're going to have to look into that. So we'll, uh, maybe we'll have our name on there by next year, and we'll look into doing that as well. Uh, Wednesday night, we've already started the Iwana classes. If you've got some young kids, we go from, uh, I think, K-3 all the way up to 12th grade for the Iwanas. So bring them over here on Wednesday night, and we'll get them all jacked up and, and all wired up and send them back home with you. So we'll have a good time. But we're having a good time in the Lord on Wednesday night. Iwanas have already started. And on Sunday, September the 18th, we'll be having a baptism here at SAGBC. If you'd like to be baptized, please see Miss Leanne or talk to the pastor, and we'll get you lined up for that. And then on October the 2nd, Sunday, October the 2nd, we'll be having a wedding shower for Amber Mize and Landon Craig. So they're getting ready to tie the knot here in just a little while. Rooting for y'all. It's going to be wonderful. Excited for you. Met, they kind of met. They was in team group here, and uh, the first time I ever saw them sit together, I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, appreciate the Lord putting them together, how their paths crossed. God can do uh, some wonderful things if we'll just move out of the way and let him do his work. So we'll be in prayer for the wedding shower there for Amber Mize, Landy Craig, and that'll be on Sunday morning. It's got the colors listed in here, and it's also got the registries mentioned as well. Then if you would, please note the upcoming events in your bulletin there. So we've got some special services coming up on the 25th. We've got the Joy Airs will be singing with us. We heard them at Shining Light back during the uh, late part of the winter as we went down there to a jubilee. And uh, I'll tell you, it's a great group. They've been singing for a long, long time, but they got a wonderful sound, sing some wonderful songs. You'll really enjoy that couple, the Joy Heirs. Then also, uh, the Wisnets will be here on October the 9th. Looking forward to having them again. And then uh, on November the 27th, the Children of Promise will be here singing with us. Some got some great services lined up, some great things happening here, and a lot of other, other things will be going on as well. And we got mentioned there as far as the... Um, feeding the football team there on Friday, November the 4th. Then we had to reschedule our event that was scheduled for last night for the young adults and young parents. And if you was uh, planning on coming to that event yesterday evening, we do have a special treat for you that is waiting for you once you get done with service today. If you was going to be part of that, and uh, if you want a little special treat to take home with you, we got a prize for you. 
there in the Sunday school room, the uh, ladies' Sunday school room, old teen room as you head out the side door over here. And I promise you, you will enjoy it. It was going to be wonderful. We was going to have a good time. We had some crazy games planned. We can do, you can do some crazy things with some young adults, and so we're going to have a good time. But uh, looking forward to it when we reschedule, and we'll have those dates in there for you as well. Boy, I tell you, um, I was looking for somebody to pray this morning. Brother Bobby, why don't you come on up here and pray for us this morning if you don't mind. And fellas, if you want to come on down, we'll get ready to receive us offering. Whoever's scheduled to sing, come on up this morning. Who's first? Brother Scott? <laughs> I don't know nothing. I'll just work here. <laughs> Appreciate these men coming up here to receive our offering. Great time to give back to the Lord. He's been so good to us. Brother Vernon, you mind helping this morning? Thank you, sir. Brother Bobby, why don't you pray the offering for us, brother? Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being able to come out in your house today. Lord, we know it's not no mistake that we're here. Lord, we know we touched each heart and drawn us here for a reason. And, Lord, we pray you just bless your word to go forth to touch hearts and lives today. Bless Brother Ken, Lord, give him, Lord, the spirit to, to preach that you have him preach, Lord, like never before. Because it may be the last day, Lord, that the gospel will be able to hear but here each year here today. Lord, we pray also Brother Jim. Bless him, Lord, with healing. And those only you can. Bless the doctors to give him understanding what to do to help him. Bless the pastor as he goes down there. Give him comfort, Lord, not to be worried and tore up about his dad. Because I know what it's like, Lord, to have a loved one <coughs> be sick down now. Lord, we uh, pray you just be with this service today and uh, bless the uh, offering as you'd have it be. Lord, we just love you and we need you. And we thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for Calvary and your blood you shed. We can't thank you enough for all the blessings you send our way. And, Lord, it's such a blessing to be saved. Lord, I, I get excited up here talking about what you've done for me, and I can't hardly stop. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Some of y'all was making some funny faces about that loud music. I've seen you driving down the road in a car with the music cranked up. That's all right to do it in the church house every once in a while, even if it wasn't planned. Amen. Sometimes when the big chief's away, you make a few mistakes every now and then. It's all right. We're human beings. As an old fellow used to tell me, that's why they put erasers on pencils, because people make mistakes. <laughs> Great song this morning, Brother Scott. Appreciate you singing. Hey, I was just up here having a little jam session. It was all right. It was all right. You get in the cars, your favorite song comes on, turn that thing up. We just done that right here. Amen. We're going to have a good time. I want to come to church and just have a good time. Amen. Hey, we're not serving the dead God. We ain't at the funeral parlor today. We ain't at the funeral home. Our God's alive and well, and he's still in charge of everything. Amen. We're going to have a good time when we come to God's house. Let's all stand together this morning. Grab you a hymn book again, Blue Song Book, hymn number 448. Brethren, we have met to worship. We'll do the first, second, and last verse. That's brethren, we have met to worship. I'm so used to singing this thing a cappella, I done forgot the tune of the song. <laughs> See? That number two pencil and an eraser. I need a big one. Let's do it again. Amen. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you try to preach the word. All is vain unless the spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray and holy showered all around. Do the last verse. Let us love our God supremely. Let us love each other too. Let us love and pray for sinners till our God makes all things new. Here's the good part. Then he'll call us home to heaven at his table we'll sit down. Christ will gird himself and serve us with sweet manna all around. All right, Junior Church, Children's Church, y'all make your way on out this morning. Junior Church, Children's Church, y'all make your way on out today. Sure is good to see all these young faces. Come back on Wednesday night for a once. As the 
other groups coming up to sing. If you want to be turning to 2 Corinthians in chapter number 5 today. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Pray for this trio as they come sing to us this morning. for grace and mercy and peace and prayer. Boy, God's been good to us today. We could just stand up here and praise Him a while, I believe. It'd be just all right. You think about God's mercy and grace, we shouldn't help but get excited. (laughs) We're not deserving of any of it. That's just on me this morning. We're not deserving of any of it. But God is rich in mercy and grace, and He bestows it upon us. We get to be called His people. (laughs) 
All because of Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. Thank God for grace, for mercy. Thank God for His Son. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse number 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their, trans their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Heavenly Father, God, as we get into your word this morning, Father, I pray, Lord, you'd speak to hearts. Father, move me out of the way. God, use me as your mouthpiece. Father, just through this last song, I know I'm speaking on what you want me to speak on today. Father, I thank you, Lord, how you line things up. Father, usually it's in an unconventional way. Father, it was not planned. And God, you, you do things well. You do all things well. God, we love you this morning. We just want to say thank you for loving a bunch of old sinners like us today. God, you've been so good to us. We're not deserving of your mercy and grace. Father, I pray, Lord, you would just kind of send down on us here for a little while. Uh, show up, show out. May we say it was good to be in your house when we leave here today. Lord, we love you and thank you for loving us. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Before we get thick into the word this morning, <clears throat> this kind of fell out of my notes. I'd even forgot about it. Just kind of put a little laugh on your on your face. And the Bible says laughter doeth good like a medicine. Everybody knows me. I love to laugh. Two blinds were locked out of their car, and one of the blinds was trying to break in while the other one watched. I mean, they was working effortlessly. I mean, just they were giving it all the guy that could not get in. And finally, finally, one of them said, I don't think I can get in the car. And the other blind replies, well, keep on trying. It looks like rain's about to come and the top's down. <laughs> Man, we grew up in a day and time when you went to school. There was one thing that could always spark a fight. If somebody said, your mama, that's all they had to say. You didn't talk about mama. You didn't say your mama. That's all, I mean, it's just all you had to say was your mama. Then somebody come up with a bunch of these your mama jokes and all that stuff. Well, these are some you blind jokes. You're so blind, you studied for a blood test and failed. You're so blind, you tried to put the M&Ms in alphabetical order. <laughs> I heard of another one. The blind was working at the M&M factory. And the, the supervisor walks by and begins to realize it's a big, huge pile of M&Ms in the trash can. So what's going on? Said I was throwing all the W's away. <laughs> Somebody said that you're so blind that you try to drown a fish. <laughs> also, you're so blind that you sold your car for gas money. <laughs> Last one. Maybe I'll be done. <clears throat> a blonde and her husband was sleeping one night when the neighbor's dogs was just barking, tearing it up. Just, she couldn't stand it. It was bothering her. She couldn't get any sleep. And finally, the blonde, she just sighs. and <clears throat> She shakes her head and her fist at that dog and says, well, I just wish you would be quiet. Boy, I'm going to show our neighbors one of these days. And finally, that dog would not shut up. And finally, she jumps out of the bed and runs outside and comes back in about five minutes later. And the husband looks at her and says, what would you do? 
She said, I'm going to show them neighbor. He said, well, what'd you do? said, I got their dog and brought it over here. I wanted them to see how it felt for a dog to be barking all night long. <laughs> how do you keep a blind busy? Take you a three-by-five card and write, please turn over on both sides. I think, let me turn on the back page, see if there's anything left. No, we're good. <laughs> Amen. That's the end of my comic career. <laughs> Laughter do it good like a medicine. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21 gives us some precious, precious verses there. Uh, if you have a habit of underlining things, in verse number 20 it says, Now, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Now then, we're ambassadors for Christ. I believe that in life, some of the greatest lessons learned come from the smallest of things. Can come from the smallest of things. Things that if we're not careful that we look right over them and don't even see what that little small thing was trying to teach us. Some of you have probably heard this before, and, but I'm telling you, when I woke up this morning, I, I had a message that I, wa I wanted to preach. You know, I woke up this morning and I was reading through some notes. I said, man, I really like that message. And as I was reading, I was like, ooh, that's a little tough. <laughs> that's a little rough. I was like, but I'm going to preach it anyway. And about 30 minutes later, the Lord said, mm. well, the Holy Spirit said, nah, we ain't going to go that route this morning. Go back and get that notebook again. And I turned over a couple more sermons, and, and there's this message. As I was reading it, the Lord started, I mean, just started blessing me. I said, God, I didn't preach this thing a time or two. He said, that's okay. Somebody needs to hear it today. So I hope if you're in here this morning, this is for you. And I'm going to enjoy it while I preach it. Because I love it. I love it. But take, for instance, a stamp, a postage stamp. It's a small little article, a small little piece of paper that we have here in America that's very important. It's a small thing, but if we forget to put that stamp on a piece of mail, guess what? It's not going anywhere. It's going to come right back to you. They're going to reject it. It's going to come back. That little postage stamp is very important. Now, you and I know that a stamp can't really speak or give us a message, but I believe that if it could, it would give us seven thoughts this morning to ponder on. Seven thoughts this morning to ponder on. If I give a thing a title, it's just going to be a message from a stamp. A message from a stamp. Number one this morning, what can we learn from a stamp? Number one, I represent my country. Amen. I represent my country. A stamp shows what country it represents, and it's very open about it. You cannot go, you cannot get a letter in the mail that it does not say something about U.S. Postage. It's very proud of its job. It's very proud for the country from which it exists. It's very proud for what it stands for. A stamp is very open about where it came from, and it does not apologize for it. I'm tired of having to apologize for being American. We do not have to apologize for the red, white, and blue. Men and women of all ages have given their life for this country. And even on today, 9-11, it was several thousands of people that died in 9-11. May we never forget what happened on 9-11. I can tell you right now, at the very moment, at the very hour when I discovered what had happened on 9-11. We was working at my uncle's house over here on the Great Road. We had no sooner got out of the truck when my Uncle Willie, he come running up to me. He said, y'all won't believe it. Somebody's bombing our country. I thought we was going to look at the TV and somebody was firing missiles. As soon as I focused my eyes on the TV, I seen that big airliner go flying into the First World Trade Center. They were showing it over and over again. Then as we were standing there talking with Willie, the second one goes flying into the second building. Sitting there thinking, what in the world is going on? Little did we 
Little did we know what was happening in Pennsylvania. Little did we know what was, what was trying to happen. This one was going to crash into the, probably the White House there in Washington, D.C., and some brave men and women took a stand and drove that plane right down into the ground. Yeah. I don't know if you ever listened to the clips. Yeah. I can't take it. Yeah. I get worse than this if I'm listening to it. Husbands telling their wives that they love them. Yeah. Probably not going to see you again. You could hear a bunch of noise in the background. Yeah. Where's that American pride today? You say, well, you're a child of God. I am, but I live in America. Amen. I'm proud of the country. Yeah. I'm proud of our nation. I'm proud of our history, our heritage. Yeah. We shouldn't have to apologize. No. Hey, we've made a lot of mistakes yeah. in America. We've made a lot of mishaps and misunderstandings, yeah. but we shouldn't have to apologize yeah. for being an American this morning. Yeah. A stamp is very proud and open about where it came from, about who it belongs to. It is saying, I am from the United States of America, and I am proud to be an American. We should not be ashamed to be of the United States of America. We should love the red, white, and blue. We should stand for the national anthem when it is played. We ought to honor the men and women who have served and fought for our freedoms and have even given us every, every freedom that we can enjoy here in America. I love American history. One of our favorite places to visit, as we've had an opportunity to go up to Baltimore a couple of times, was in Baltimore, Maryland, is the birthplace of the Star-Spangled Banner the birthplace. We actually happened just to come upon it one time. We was going up there for a cruise. We was riding around Baltimore trying to kill time before it was time to get on a cruise ship. And, and we started down this road and all of a sudden it ends up at this Fort McHenry. I'm like, well, what is that? And so we pull in. Man, they're showing, <laughs> they're showing a video of, of uh, we go in, we pay, and we want to go see what's going on there. And it's the birthplace of the Star Spangled Banner. And they got one of the original flags, one of the original flags that used to fly there. They're trying to preserve it and keep it to the best of their ability. And we go in and they send you through this little area where you get to watch video about Francis Scott Key and how it all became about and what was going on. And as they're standing there singing, people's watching. I mean, tears running down my face. I just can't help but get excited about it. That flag stands for something. It means something. It's the birthplace of the Star Spangled Banner. If you ever get an opportunity and you're in Baltimore, go see Fort McHenry and the birthplace of the Star Spangled Banner. We actually got to go out there and they raised one of those humongous flags. I mean, it feels like the flag's probably as big as this sanctuary is. And there's several people out there holding it up as they're hoisting it up. And it was a wonderful thing just to be involved in that. One of the original flags. I get goosebumps every time I, I, I think about that place, every time I think about the flag and what it stands for. The American flag has 50 stars, 13 stripes. The 50 stars represents the 50 states, 13 stripes, 7 red, 6 white. They represent 13 original colonies. Red signifies the, the hardness and valor. White signifies purity and innocence. Blue signifies vigilance, perseverance, and justice. That's what our flag stands for this morning. We are seeing in our country today, and we need to pray that it, it kind of keeps on happening, a, a revival, if you would, of patriotism. It's, it's not a bad thing that people get excited about the country that they live in. We need our patriots to take this land back. We need, we need people who, in, who enjoy America. We need people who, who love America and love our history to stand up and, and ask, ask the school system to start teaching history like they did our generation when we was in school. Amen. I'm for education. But man, we're so dead set on the SOL and the score that we forget to teach, teach our kids what they need to learn. When I was in school, if a, if a teacher wanted to spend a month on a certain subject, they could. But now you got to meet certain quotas, and we got the pressure of this and the pressure of that, and the teachers can't teach like they want to teach. Right. 
They're held down. Man, we need to teach what is, I mean, you're seeing what's happening in America today because we're not teaching our kids what happened when they've done this one time before. We're living it all over again. History does have a habit of repeating itself if a lesson has not been taught. We need our patriots to fight for our religious liberties, which our, our founding fathers considered to be the, one of the most important and first of our freedoms. We need to put the right men and women in place. We need to vote for the right. Hey, when it comes time to vote, as Christians, we cannot sit on our hind, on our hind ends and not do nothing. If you want your voice to be heard, you've got to go out and vote. Amen. Don't think we got it in the bag because we don't. Nope. You better make sure you get out with full force. If all of God's people would get out and vote, they could never win. They could never win. But what happens, uh, I, I just don't feel like I'm going to vote today. Then don't complain when your person didn't get in the position. Don't complain when they're taking your liberties away. Don't complain when they're taking your religious freedoms away. Because you have no, you don't have a dog in a fight if you didn't vote. In America, we need to get back to facing hot button issues, if you would, hot topics, if you would, and quit being so politically correct. America was a whole lot stronger and better country when we had prayer in school, when we stood up and said our pledges in school. I can remember doing that in elementary school when we were taught that the, a real American history, when we still had the Ten Commandments hanging on our walls of our justice places, when we, we've taken down these things that was a, the very backbone upon which we was built and framed upon. So you begin removing all these things, you take all these things down, then nobody feels like they're accountable to anything anymore. It's a no holds barred. I'll do whatever I want to do. I don't have to answer to anybody. You can say that all you want to. When you take your last breath, you're going to face a holy God. Amen. Everybody will. Nobody has an option. America was also stronger and better when the old leather lung preachers would get up and preach what thus saith the Lord and didn't worry about people's feelings. Just got up and preached the book. We're not up here to hurt nobody. If the Bible hurts you, it's the Bible. It's not the preacher. Now, if he's preaching his conviction, his little, own little ideas and philosophies, that's his fault. But if you get up here and you preach the word and it begins to hurt and step on your toes and your feelings, then you need to come on up here to the altar and get some things right. Amen. Dr. Robert Jeffries, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, he challenged his preacher friends not to stray away from hot topic issues. He said, wimpy pastors produce wimpy Christians. You need to get back to preaching. Preaching the way it used to be. With, with God being our stone of help, our Ebenezer, he will give us strength to stand. True hope and change cannot come from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It has to come from the backbone of this country. It has to come from our, our neck of the woods, if you would. If we got strong homes, if we got strong families, if we got strong beliefs, then we're going to have a strong country. Yeah. <clears throat> what this nation needs, what this world needs, can be found at the foot of the cross. Not only do we represent the USA, as a stamp would say, but as a child of God, as the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 20, we are an ambassador for Christ. Webster's Dictionary says that an ambassador is the highest diplomatic representative of a country to another. 
As a child of God, there was a day and a point in time when you realized that you were lost and on your way to heaven, you were, you were undone without God's Son. You realized that if you died in your trespasses and sins, you knew you were not good enough to get to heaven. But through the providence of God, maybe a friend, a family member, maybe a preacher, maybe it was a gospel track, maybe somebody shared the gospel with you that Jesus loved you and died and rose again and rose again the third day to pay for your sin. And through the Holy Ghost conviction, you repented of your sins, asked Christ to come into your heart and save you. And just as he promised, he saved you. And now you're an ambassador of heaven. We're from another country, if you're a child of God. Hey, I love America. I know Rob loves England. We, we mourn with you over the, over the queen dying. But I'm telling you, we are ambassadors of Christ. We belong to another country. Don't put your roots here so deep that when we leave here, we're going to be sad. It ought to be a celebration when a child of God goes home. We're going to miss them. They're home now. Amen. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. 3.23 says, For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8 says, But God commended his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Man, that ought to make us excited this morning. You see in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 20, 23, there has to be a wage for sin, and that is death. But then the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus took our sin to Calvary's cross, and he paid for it there. We owed a debt that we could not pay. He paid a debt that he did not owe, but he loved us so much. He had so much grace. He had so much mercy. He had so much love that he bestowed it upon the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. You have a decision to make here today, my friend. If you don't know Christ as Savior, today is your day of decision. Either you're going to accept him or you're not. There is no in-between. There is no waiting line to get into heaven. If He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me, and that is the Jesus Christ that I know. That is Jesus my Savior. I am thankful that in May 6, 1990, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I have been heaven bound with the hammer down, hit a few speed bumps along the way, but I know I'm on my way to heaven. You got a decision to make today, friend. We compel you to come. In Romans, in chapter number 10, he goes on to say in verse number 9 that if thou shalt confess with my mouth thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. He says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Skip on down to verse number 13. He says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You saying I can get saved today? Whosoever means anybody in this building, means anybody outside this building, means any, anybody inside the United States of America, means anybody inside the, or outside the United States of America. That was worldwide. He cast a net out there, and it's up to you whether or not you're going to get saved or not. The decision is yours. Not only does the stamp say, I am from America, not only does it say for the child of God, we're ambassadors for Christ. We represent heaven. What else can we learn from a little stamp? Number two this morning, I'm always ready for service. 
always ready for service. A stamp is always ready to be used, and so should we. In Luke chapter 22, verse number 33, Peter told the Lord that he was ready for service. He said, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and into death. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 15, he says, I am ready to preach the gospel of Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 15, Peter tells us here, he says, be ready always. We must be ready for service. There is always a need. There is always a place for us to be used for the Lord. It is an honor and a privilege to serve God. There is no way that we can pay back the debt that we owed, that he paid for us, but we sure can try until he takes us home from heaven. Why would we not want to give back to what a good God has given to us? In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 14, Paul told the Corinthians, I am ready to come to you. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6, he says, For I am now ready to be offered. The Bible also tells us that whatever our service may be, let's do it as unto the Lord. I mean, jump in there wholeheartedly. Go after it. Quit giving God your leftovers and give Him everything you got. Six days a week we'll pour all of our heart and our energy into this world and we come limping into the house of God on a Sunday and we give them our leftovers and wonder why we ain't getting nothing from the preacher. Wonder why the choir's not blessing us. It's not the choir. It's not the preacher. It's you, my friend. You're tired. You're worn out. And you ain't giving anything left for God. Need to back it up just a little bit. Save some of that energy on Saturday night that you stayed up to 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning and spent it in God's house on Sunday morning. So I don't get nothing out of the service. You just, your appetite ain't ready. You're so full of the world. It take, we need to have about three, four, five hours, six hour service to get, get all that mess out. You see, back in the old days when they'd have revival meetings, camp meetings, they'd spend a week dealing with sin before they'd ever get into a gospel message. Why? Because they knew how wicked and how ungodly people were. They would spend a week just working on them people, working on them people, working on them people. Then about that second week, they'd start preaching the gospel. People start moving. God starts showing up. Holy Ghost would start working on people's hearts. They'd see a big wave of salvation. We're so full of the world that we can't get anything from God. Not saying God can't break down any kind of barrier because you know that He can. But when we come in here and our stomachs is always full, it's hard to get anything. You go to the restaurant and your stomach's full, you ain't gonna enjoy your meal. You show up here on an empty stomach, you show up here saying, God, I need to hear from you today. Hey, get your bibs out, pull up to the supper table, because God says, Come and dine. Number three this morning. What does the stamp also tell us? He said, I go wherever I'm sent. A stamp never argues about where it has to go. Can you imagine? Man, if I was a stamp and that, they, they peeled me off and stuck me on a label, said, you're going to Durham. I said, uh-uh, I ain't going down to Durham. <laughs> no, nope, don't even get me down to Durham, North Carolina. Duke's down there. I ain't going down there. Amen. I don't want to go there. Amen. That would be me. But a stamp don't complain about where it's sent. He says, I'll go wherever you send me. Just, just pull it and stick it, and it's ready to go. It never talks back. It never asks why or where. It always says, I am ready for action. Put me in service. John chapter 20, verse number 20. Jesus said unto us, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15. It says, go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel. We should say it as Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 8. Here am I. Send me. We get so nervous when we want to sign up for church service. I told the teens the other day it seems like when somebody says, I want to do the work of the Lord. First thing comes to our mind is man, he's going to send us to Africa. The deepest, darkest jungle we can ever find. That's where I'm going. God don't work that way. God needs us wherever and anywhere. He needs us in public service. 
He needs us at the schoolhouse. He needs us in government offices. He needs us all over the place. We need to be part of the political realm, if you would. We need some good senators. We need some good governors. We need some good delegates. We need to be everywhere. We need good ball coaches. We need good employees. We need God's people to be all over the place. We need God's people to be officers. We need God's people to be military people. We need God's people everywhere. The problem is we got this idea somewhere, sometime, somehow, that we were supposed to separate from every single thing that ever did exist. But what has happened now is God's people got out of the working realm. We wanted to step down, be so humble. And then now we got the wrong people in the right, wrong places. We need God's people everywhere. We need God's people to be presidents of colleges. Hey, that's, that is an honor and a privilege. We need, we need God's people to be the president of the United States. We need them everywhere. The problem is, is we have pulled ourselves out of society. When God's people needs to be right smack dab up in the middle of it, putting an influence upon it. We need to be like that little stamp waiting on the Lord to pill us and stick us and put us into service. Number four this morning, what else can a stamp tell us? I stick to my task until it's done. Man, we could park there for a little while. I stick to my task until it's done. Perseverance. Perseverance is something we don't see a lot these days. It's a wonderful trait. Far too many people don't stick to their task until it's done. You get sidetracked. You'll start working on something, working on something. Uh-oh, I've got to go over here. Stay focused on the task that is ahead. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever job you have to do at work, stay on the task until the task is done. Man, I'm, I'm bad for it sometimes at the house. I'll start this project, start that project, start this project. Won't finish none of them. Then Susan, get on me. Say, you need to finish something, Mary Bucko. You got it. Now I'll try to finish all of them up. But try to stay focused on the, on the task at hand. We get so sidetracked. So many things out there so sparkly and so and just so addictive and so just draws us away. The Bible tells us, I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. We got to stay focused on the main goal, the main prize. The main, the main object of us being here as God's people is Jesus Christ. Let's not get so distracted by the sideshows. Let's stay focused on the main goal. That's Jesus Christ. If we preach his name and his name crucified, I'm telling you, God will show up and God will meet with us. Stick to my task until it's done. As a child of God, an ambassador of heaven, we need to be the kind of person that no matter the difficulty or the opposition, we just keep on going. Just keep on going until we wore out. I heard a man say it the other week. It might have even been a teen conference when we was listening to a preacher, but he said, I want to go into heaven wore out. I don't want to have anything left. I want to go into heaven tired, exhausted, wore out for the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Far too many of us will get in there and we'll just yawn just because we got up from a big nap. We need to go in there exhausted, wore out, say, God, I've, I've tried to give you everything I have. We need to be like the old Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going and going. It's hard to beat someone that won't stay down. Hard to beat somebody like that. You can knock them down, they'll bounce back up. You do this to them, they get right back up. Finally, that person that's trying to get you down will just give up. So, man, you won't give up. I'm going to give up. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of our Lord. For the child of God, he promised not to send us alone. Remember, it was Moses who told God when God said, Hey, I need you to go down and talk to Pharaoh. When you see Pharaoh, he said, I want you to tell him to let my people go. And Moses said, I, 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 I can't talk to Pharaoh. I, I'm, not, I'm not a good speaker, God. Okay, then. I'm going to send you some help. I'm going to send Aaron to go with you. 
Aaron can do the talking. But Moses, you follow me. God's not going to send us alone. Not going to send us alone. Remember when God was talking with Moses after the children had come out and he was getting ready to send them over into the promised land and God's talking to Moses and God finally says, you know what, Moses, I'm done with his people. I'm done. No, he said, I'm done with your people. My people, you're the one who told me to bring your people out. I mean, they was having an argument about whose people they were. God said, this is your people. Moses said, no, it's not my people. It's your people, God. I mean, they're, they're arguing as friend with friend. The Bible says that as a man speaketh unto a friend, so did God speak unto Moses. That's close. But they're having an argument. And finally, Moses said, all right, God, I'll tell you what. If you don't go with me, I ain't going. I ain't going. God said, no, I ain't going. Them people's done got on my last nerve. I'm ready to kill them. Moses said, hang on. That's the people you told me to bring out of Egypt. God, if you, go, if you bring these people out of here and you destroy them, we're going to be the laughing stock of those Egyptians. You can't do that, God. He even goes on to tell us that God repent of this evil that you're about to do. Can you imagine telling God to repent of some evil? That's a pretty close friend. I don't think nobody in here today would tell God to repent of some evil. But he tells him, Moses says, God, I'm not going anywhere without you. I ain't going to do it. Are we that way in our life? Are we that way? Man, we'll jump ahead of God. We'll get out in front of him. We're thinking, man, I got this thing figured out. I got it. I can do it all by myself, God. You just go and take you a nice seven-day seven day vacation out there on a Caribbean cruise. I got this. About day two, hey, hey God, yeah, it's me. I messed up. I know you did. God, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going nowhere without you. That's the way our life need to be. That's the way we need to be in our life. We won't go anywhere without God. 1 Chronicles 28 and verse number 20 says, For the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work. John 14 verse 16 says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. God's going to stick with us until this thing's over. He promised never to forsake us, never to forget us, never to leave us behind. God's always with us. The problem is God doesn't leave. We're the ones that leave. We're the ones that walk away. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6 says, Being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Number 5 this morning, what else can a stamp tell us? Y'all hang on to your hat now. I don't strike back when I'm struck. I don't strike back when I'm struck. I want to read a portion of Scripture to you out of Matthew in chapter number 5. You say, hang on just a minute now. I know. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 39. He says, but I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son, his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth his rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? 
Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do more than others? Do not even the publicans so? But be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now that's some tall orders from headquarters there in that little portion of Scripture. They're easy to read, hard to follow. As a child of God, we need to have some level of restraint about us. When people strike at us, we don't necessarily need to strike back right away. The best I can figure out in the Bible, it says to turn the other cheek. Well, you, I mean, we're all pretty intelligent people in here this morning. We can count in our minds. We got two right cheeks and two left cheeks, and I'll let you figure those out after a while. But it says turn the other cheek. <laughs> if you ain't figured it out yet, right cheek, left cheek, right cheek, left. You know, there you go. You got four. So next time somebody strikes you, you just say, strike one. <laughs> strike two. Man, you don't want to get past four, I promise. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be pretty. But he does say to turn the other cheek. Now, I know that's hard to do. I understand. We're all human beings. Some of us got short fuses. Some of us got long fuses. Some of us got a lot of patience. Some of us don't have no patience. Now, I understand. But still, the Bible is the Bible. The Bible says, when, the, the stamp says, when I am struck, I don't strike back. When Jesus was on the cross, at any point in time, he could have called 12 legions of angels. At any point in time. Any point in time. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying, he knows what's about to happen. When he prays, Lord, let this cup pass from me. He knew what he was about to take on. You see, Christ had never knew no sin. He, he didn't fellowship with sin. He was sinless. He didn't even know what it was like. Could you imagine as a son of God standing on Calvary, hanging on Calvary, and all of a sudden at one point in time, one moment in time, God dumps the whole cup of the world's sin upon him. I mean, we sin one little sin and it kills us. Can you imagine? I can't even say the number of sins that was probably poured upon him. It said the sins of the entire world. Can you imagine? At any point in time, he could have said, Father, I am done. I've had enough. I can't take it no more. Send him down. I can almost see in my mind's mind the legions of angels standing at the edge of heaven with their sword ready to be drawn. You're not going to do that to the Son of God. You're not going to do that to Jesus Christ. God, please let me go down there. I will go by myself. I can see Michael up. I will go by myself, God, and I can take them all out. I said, hold up. There's a price that has to be paid for sin. My son is the only one that can pay it. The angels didn't understand it. They didn't know what was going on. But Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. As he was there on the cross, he said, Father... Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Had he came off the cross, redemption's plan would have been erased. Had he came off the cross, we wouldn't have a way into heaven this morning. Had he came off the cross, the blood could not be applied to our lives. He didn't just spill some blood on Calvary. He poured out every drop. Every single ounce that he had, he gave it all. And then he walked back up into heaven and he came before God's throne. And he said, God, the sacrifice has been paid. And God said, this is my beloved son of whom I am well pleased. The sacrifice has been paid. He was satisfied. A holy God was satisfied with the supreme 
sacrifice that was made. Number six this morning. The stamp says, I don't give up when I'm licked. Used to, you used to have to lick a stamp and stick it on there. You'd lick it and stick it and send it on. Now you peel it and stick it. You kind of get the point. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. You see, a stamp, it'll take a licking and it'll keep on ticking and it'll keep on going. We have the spirit of the lion of the tribe of Judah living inside of us. We are overcomers. We are more than conquerors, the Bible says. We need to be like the Timex clock and just keep on taking a licking and keep on ticking. You see, this morning, the stamp says, I represent my country. I'm always ready for service. I go wherever I am sent. I stick to my task until I'm done. I don't strike back when I am struck. I don't give up when I am licked. Number seven this morning, it says, I cannot be put into service until I'm purchased. <laughs> I cannot be put into service until I'm purchased. Until you buy that book of stamps. Until you go in there and put a little bit of money in that machine. And you pay for that stamp. And you say, oh man, this stamp is mine. Put into service. Jesus done the same thing with us on Calvary's cross. Then the same thing with us on Calvary's cross. He says in First uh, Corinthians chapter six and verse number twenty: For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse twenty-three: You are bought with a price. Be not ye servants of men. I got to thinking about this this morning, and it begins to bring such a blessing to me. We are not our own. This is not our body. We are Christ. He bought us on Calvary's hill. We owed Him a huge debt to a holy, righteous God that we could not pay. Jesus stepped out. And said, I will pay that debt for all of mankind. I've already mentioned it one time, but it's worth mentioning again. For God so loved Ken Horsley that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. Jesus took my place. He took your place. He became our substitute. He could have had just easily had said, they're not worth it. Let them figure it out on their own. He could have said, ain't nobody got time for that. And he could have moved on, but he didn't say that. He said, I'll go. I'll pay the price. I will redeem them. I will be theirs and they will be mine. Jesus had compassion on us. He made a way to heaven for us that is paved with God's grace and mercy this morning. That little old step, that little old stamp can sit there in that machine. It can sit there and it can sit there until they get dust on it. But until somebody buys that stamp, peels it off and sticks it on there, it's not been bought. We cannot be used until we're bought. Can't be put into service until we're bought. We ought to thank God this morning for paying the price for us. Think about that trade that he made. That's why I love singing the windows of heaven. I gave him my old tattered garments. And he gave me a robe of pure white. Ain't nobody in here this morning ever make that trade. But our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did. Let's all stand in here this morning. Brother Scott, would you mind coming and getting a song? Song ready for invitation time. I should have asked you earlier, brother. You think about that trade that Christ made, or that God made. God gave us his best for our worst. God traded a robe of righteousness, pure, clean, holy, for a bunch of dirty, filthy, rotten, nasty sinners. We had those old tattered garments. He gave us a robe of pure white. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. 
Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed white as snow. Seems kind of odd to those who don't believe. How can red blood wash something and make it white? We get a blood stain on something that hardly ever comes off. But Jesus' blood, once it gets down to a sinner's life and begins to wash, it'll wash that slate clean. We ought to be thankful this morning. If you're in here today, you don't know Christ as your Savior. Today is your day for salvation. You need somebody to take the Word of God this morning and show you how that you can know that you're on your way to heaven. There's many folks in here this morning that could do that for you. If you want to come down this morning, the altars are open. The call's for you this morning, friend. Don't haste. Don't waste any more time. You want to know Christ as Savior today is the day of salvation for you. For the child of God here this morning, we're bought with a price. Christ put us into service. He didn't save us just to sit around and do nothing. He saved us to put us to use. I've never seen anybody ever sign up for the ball team and just say, Coach, I just want to sit on the bench. Everybody fought as hard as they could to get in the starting lineup. Funny thing about God's work, there's plenty of work to be done. There is no starting lineup. There's somewhere for everybody to get in. Plenty of work to be done. Maybe there's something you want to do as a child of God. You got a burden on your mind this morning, on your heart. You need to lay it down at the altar. Invitations for you this morning. Altars are open. As Brother Scott starts to sing this morning. something I want to do. Just as I am to rid my soul of one dark good to be in God's house this morning. Man, what a, some mighty lessons we can learn from the little stamp today. Remember the pastor and his daddy throughout the day and continue to pray for them. And for all of you young, young adults, young, uh, young adult married couples with children, whatever he listed, you know who you are. If you was planning on being at the meeting yesterday, we got a treat back there in the back for you. I promise you'll enjoy it. It'll be good. 
Sure has been good. <laughs> sure has been good to be in God's house today. Thank you for your faithfulness to be here. Brother Scott, will you close us in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful to be in your house once again. Lord, thankful for seeing your house full. Yes, Thank God. you for the message that you gave us today, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that we take it to heart and go out these doors and apply it to our lives, Lord. It doesn't do any good, Lord, if we don't apply it. God help use us. It. And Lord, I just thank you for Brother Ken and his, uh, speaking to us today, Lord, and being used as a mouthpiece. Mm. Lord, be with uh, Brother Jim. Just pray yes, that you would God. touch him Lord, help. and heal him, Lord, and just bring him back to the measure of health you just you desire be with brother greg as he's with him and just give them safety lord as they're oh, yes. out and about lord and we just just ask you lord to bless each one as we go out and if anyone that was here today that felt the tugging of the heart to be saved uh, and, and, and didn't make that step yes. i just pray lord that you would just uh, continue to work on them and bother them lord until they get it right that's right we just thank you lord for all you do for us in jesus name amen amen